0: Okay. Uh, Welcome to You Talking with Greg. Uh, I am here with Tyler Volk, a professor in the Department of Environmental Studies and Biology at New York University. Uh, He has been involved in big history. He's offered seven books, uh, most recently, From Quarks to Culture, How We Came to Be, and where she introduces the key concept of combogenesis, building up from a combination of integration and integration to produce new things, Um, in Innovative Relations. This is going to be very familiar for folks that know this channel uh, and the Tree of Knowledge system. Uh, Tyler, welcome so much. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so I think, you know, I'm a clinician. Uh, So as being a clinician, one of the things I like is people's stories uh, to kind of, and so uh, the listeners are kind of used to me saying, hey, uh, can you share me a little bit of the story that brings you to your current version of reality and what you're kind of? vision and purposes. So maybe we could start there. Can you share just a little bit about your story about how you got here?
1: Where do you want me to start? Uh, oh, nah. one, one one point of correction. So yeah, well, I am a professor, but it's a professor emeritus now. Ah. Uh, almost, uh, okay,
0: well, yeah, actually, I, wasn't, I thought that might be the case, but I pulled this off. I guess a somewhat dated... <laughs> yeah,
1: that something's not everything's been corrected yet maybe i'm not okay. letting it gift for a while but no no oh, that's great. Not everything's, it's hard to, it's hard to catch up on one's life when you have changes like that totally so how long
0: you been emeritus uh one year a year okay all right totally. so how's it going for you uh
1: pretty good <laughs> yeah okay I, guess, uh, I can i can work on some back burner things uh right, right. basically getting interested in redoing some of my meta-patterns work of common principles ac- across uh, scales of nature. Uh, yeah, which that's the culture, uh, and, and because of course the culture, that book came from my desire to, thought thinking I, I could update meta-patterns, because I had preliminary material about levels of organization nature in meta-patterns, right. but I felt uh, that 20 years later, um, I could do a much, well, I could ask different questions, not not just do a better job, but ask different questions. On well, that. lovely,
0: but that's a perfect place to start then. So Meta Patterns, like a 1995 book, if I recall, something like yeah,
1: 1995. Okay. Um, so yeah,
0: maybe tell us a little bit about how you entered into that portal and what the basic theme of Meta Patterns is, and then we'll bridge up to uh, Quarks to Culture.
1: Okay. So, so Meta Patterns, uh, the word I, I borrowed from Gregory Bateson, somebody <laughs> Probably, no. Um,
0: yes. But I th- well, I mean, Gregory Boccia, ecology of mind, systems theorist, uh, you know, crucial. Nora Bateson, who I've had some contact with, is leading her warm data lab, uh, sort of a real father of systemic thinking here.
1: Yes, yeah. So, so he, he I, I guess I see him as a meta-patterns thinker, even though he was only using the word once. That, and I never likes to quote that word because it was so enigmatic, he, uh, meta-patterns being a pattern of patterns. Okay. Now you do, one can ask the question, uh, this gets you into the issue of generality, that uh, where, where do you stop? I mean, you have, you have patterns of patterns of patterns of patterns. Nice. But, uh, I, so I borrowed the word from him, but not the concept because as I said, he didn't really define it specifically. Uh, but before I did my PhD, I, since you're interested in a little bit of personal history, I had uh, graduated from architecture school originally. Ah,
0: interesting, okay.
1: And I started, I had a time, this was in the 1970s, and I had some time looking, I started thinking about architecture of nature. Huh. And I developed some very early concepts in my notebooks about sphere spheres in nature, uh, sphericity. Okay. Yep. And also border borders of things, boundaries, mm. boundaries of things. And, um, I, I was not aware of general systems theory at the time, even though some of these concepts, such as systems boundaries, were floating around in in, in that uh, that um, you know whatever you, right. whatever you want to call general systems theory. You know that scholarly right. endeavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was mostly, but but architecture school was very good for systems thinking, for training one in systems thinking, all the way from uh, the, the engineering, the physics of, of buildings to human psychology you know, totally. so, yeah so the, how do people react to space how do they live in cities and so so i was very interested in this integration of uh and the fact that it was multiple disciplines as well yep. uh, so so when i was doing this work with there's uh, a great book
0: called the design way on the philosophy of the professions like architecture like psychotherapy like law in many ways that actually the, the design
1: yeah. way greg i don't know that book thanks
0: yeah it's, it's a, a Actually, yeah, we can circle into it perhaps at some point because it actually bridges the relationship between um, a profession that is actually trying to make a difference in the world, like an architecture building something, and a physicist that's actually trying to describe a world and delineate sort of the philosophical mindsets of both of those frames of reference, which actually was very important to me because it paralleled the way I work as a psychotherapist and then the the bridging to basic science and psychology in that relation. I was really struck by how close the parallels were uh, in the way this book evolved.
1: Wow, oh, that's that's really interesting. I like the word, too. I and mean, Bucky Fuller used to use the word design scientist or design science, that the whole world is, you know, design and we use the principles of nature to, to uh, do design. Mm-hmm.
0: It c- creates a really nice blending, both a difference uh, and a complementarity, which I thought was really, uh, really powerful and, and coherent. I'm a coherentist, at least that's where my... Uh, dri- so I'm always looking for that synthesis between you know, various pieces and found in this world so much sort of chaotic fragmentation. Certainly, I don't think we do coherence very well these days. And so finding a coherence between the philosophy of uh, a whole cluster of professions uh, and their proper relationship to the basic science is, is a fascinating uh, thing. Yeah, and that's
1: a kind of a, a meta pattern in itself, right? If you, mm. start, you start clustering exactly. uh, uh, scholarly fields and say, wow, there's something similar uh, with them. I mean, universities do that with, like, say, their humanities and arts. I mean, there is kind of a clustering there, but there may be a bigger clustering or there may be more interesting clusterings. Uh,
0: well, this sort of creates, it takes the classic cluster of the sciences and humanities and the two, you know, cultures as core identities and argues there's actually a third professional identity that actually is not of, of educators, of lawyers, of, you know, that are not really um, specified in either of the classic artistic Science, human uh, humanities view, and the sciences view. So it's a fascinating sort of like, oh, here's a whole nother branch that actually can be specified.
1: Um, and, 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 and Greg, what are you what are you calling that third? Uh,
0: that third? well, they call it the philosophy of the design way. And I talked to the authors about this, and actually, I hope I have them on. You talk, um, but anyway, it's I, I I don't know that there's a particular. I don't know that that's been delineated. Uh, the sort of the territory was spelled out, and I and I basically. And I think his response was really positive um, was because I was like, actually, you know, psychotherapy uh, fits right into the structure that you're articulating, at least the way I've specified it. And when we place psychotherapy, so they were architectures and communi- and com- uh, computer scientists that actually authored the text. And then when we place psychotherapy, we had a conversation about how you bring educators and lawyers, essentially all the professions get grounded together in relationship to applied prescribed knowledge that both has a craft and an obligation to make change in the world and at the same time has a specifiable knowledge base that bridges them to the humanities, but it's a then I mean into the sciences. And then so this creates this particular kind of class and architecture was the archetype um, that he was using really for the for the argument.
1: Oh cool. And and that that there's some difference there between a more classic division of theoretical and applied.
0: Yes, because what it, so there's, well, there's theoretical, there's applied and there's the creative. So the creative arts then are generative in relationship to the, the springing forth of the human potential, and then placing oneself in relationship to that pure generative structure. Okay, so that's why he's essentially framing the humanities and the arts. And then you have the sciences, which are basically describing the frame of reference. Okay, at a descriptive explanatory way in as much neutral or objective terms as possible. So you get that dialectic, the sciences and humanities dialectic. But then he was delineating, there's a specific philosophy for trained craftsmen that are basically, uh, you know, developed in a professional knowledge system, Mm. grounded in a tradition that then get um, trained to then make a difference in a world that's specified by the goals of the profession. Mm. So for me, I'm a psychological doctor where my orientation, identity, and prescription for being in the world is to cultivate human well being and minimize psychological suffering. That's what my goal is. That's why I'm trained a particular way. So, these are so the professions then are trained into applied pragmatic structures based on both a guild system and a particular knowledge system. Mm. And when you look at it that way, you're like, yeah, there's this whole class of professions. Um, that can be qualified as different than the humanities and different than the sciences, but ultimately, from this perspective, does have a philosophical structure that can be specified, or at least the outlines of it can be specified via the design way. That was the argument, and that it is different than either of the major branches of the sciences or humanities.
1: Mm, mm, mm. That's really good. That's really good. So so I would consider myself to some extent at least in heart, a member of the design way.
0: Yes. Uh, Well, this is what we share, of course, you and I. And I think a lot of, and we were talking about Dave Christian too, I think a lot of the people that come into the big picture view have probably a foot both at some level in the applied engineering, architectural, psychotherapeutic side of the equation, historical side of the equation, and another foot in relationship to the sciences and trying to bridge that. When you zoom back to do that coherence, I think this is when a big picture view of the cosmos is very likely to pop for folks.
1: Mm. yeah you know, one question maybe we could get into at some point is that i i always wonder um uh, with with the big picture of modeling or mapping you, you like to use the word mapping and i'm i'm happy with that word also uh, i'm happy
0: with modeling by the way so we could probably just get along <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see which word you is useful in pragmatic context
1: but anyways of models or the models, the models <laughs> of, and, and i was I, I always wonder like you know uh I I I feel since this this big picture uh, modeling I feel has helped me even when I get into specifics. When I did my work on the global carbon cycle, for example, Mm, right PhD work, uh, that it helps, but it's hard to define how it helps. Mm. It's it's uh, you know it 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 gives you like it gives you templates to sort of use in this design processing. I, I I feel strongly about but it's, 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 it's not my field to put my have to put my finger on what would be the applied psychological benefits of this in education.
0: Um, well, from from my vantage point in the way, so here's the argument I make. So I I, I used to be director and, and then I would re- voluntarily retire because I didn't want to do so much administrative work of this program and in combined integrated clinical counseling school psychology, okay? And so it's a deliberate program that teaches from a holistic and systemic perspective. And essentially the critique um, it, uh, is that, hey, if you don't zoom back out, okay, you're very likely to get caught in a narrow frame of reference, yeah. and therefore you'd be less likely to see other things and less likely to be able to tie things together to create a complex whole model essentially. And so we then, at least our argument, now, can we demonstrate, hey, this is, you know, in terms of outcome and utility, that's a, uh, it certainly, there's a lo- logical, coherent argument to be made, at least in relation. Um, and those of us, certainly, I speak for myself, whatever my schematic uh, cognitive sense into meaning-making structure is in terms of my own disposition, um, I find it really almost absolutely necessary to zoom back and find the parameters of understanding so that I can then move from that frame you know I often use the analogy of hey when I was doing puzzles my mom was all right find the edges <laughs> you know That's it's like nuts. I want to zoom back and find the edges and my inclination is to do that as big uh, and clear uh, and comprehensive and coherent as possible
1: yeah I, I like that uh, uh, sort of a, as a metaphor find the edges of course the, the edge would be uh, one of these uh, border phenomena that uh, yes that, that totally. one, of the, one of the meta patterns of the borders of things and and uh, one of my fascinations with it was, um, was, well, even in architecture school, there there was uh, people we were reading like uh, Edward T Hall about mm-hmm. about different uh, country, uh, different cultures, uh, sort of training people to be more or less comfortable with when they're talking to each other. How close do they stand to each other? And so, so the, the, we have these psychological borders that are not just our skins, but there's it's other. Awesome. There's other phenomenology that go in there, and, and we use a lot of metaphors, thick skin, thin skin. I'm yep. not talking about the person's physiological skin. Right? So, and, and this is all the Lakoff-Johnson, uh, you know, deep, there's deep structural uh, principles that, that we are using to do, to do our thinking with. Uh, so, so that became, so while I was uh, a, a professor of uh, earth system science at the time and doing work on looking at the global carbon cycle, and in some ways, that getting into that work was hmm. came from the uh, human concerns I had in architecture school that you know, okay. you wanted to do something for people. But right. even when I got into the more theoretical modeling science, it was uh, to to try to figure out something about the bigger problems of the world. Totally. But I kept the I kept the meta patterns work uh, sort of going on a back burner, and eventually published. Uh, I had a sabbatical, and wrote a book, and published a book with Columbia University Press called Meta Patterns, in which okay. I. I outlined these these um, well borders binary systems uh, mm. centered versus dispersed uh, mm. layers. I have things on t- cycles and time phenomena phenomena that are cyclic in time and 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 then subcategories of these of these various sort of sub meta patterns of these meta patterns. Right. And during that work, I I did. In the, in the chapter in Layers, I had some material on levels of organization in nature. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, I was very, i had been very influenced by Jacob Bernowski and uh-huh. his concept of stratified stability, uh-huh. which he was very taken with. And in his show, The Ascent of Man, and in the book, he mentioned that nature builds in steps.
0: Yep,
1: Atoms build molecules and it builds up. And he said, he said this uh, you know we could we, there, there could be a whole historical study of of people realizing this totally this is yeah. a
0: i so agree with this i realized it was i mean obviously anybody gets educated gets uh you know placed in a particular context where this idea is around but it's one of the most remarkable thing that it's around and said by so many but still not really baked into the structure of our education in any systematic way it's a really fascinating phenomenon
1: yeah right? I, early on I was also influenced in, in uh, that toward that line of thinking Teilhard de Chardin of course mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. and uh, but you can find diagrams and alchemy and uh, you know step, no, I mean, I mean totally. sometimes it's top-down stuff where they say okay the you know a deity is making these levels whatever but but the awareness I mean I, you, know, you just have to look at nature you have to just look at a tree and pull it apart but you know and see that yeah there's parts in the body and you know this is there's nothing there's there's nothing really new there but how to organize it so you get people like um Maynard smith um mm-hmm. major transitions major about,
0: transitions levels yeah uh, uh, you know major transition in evolutionary history mm-hmm.
1: So it'd be it'd be interesting to sort of trace that idea down, um, but we don't have to we don't have to do right. that today. Cause we, we, <laughs>
0: right, we got to get into quirks and culture, and then big yeah. history mapping. <laughs>
1: um, and, and, and so what happened is, as I was is I was uh, thinking about a follow up to Meta Patterns and thinking it would be maybe redone, redoing all the chapters, but but better, you know, kind of twenty years, you know, after the fact, um, I, I I realized at least to myself that this idea of levels of organization or fundamental levels of nature uh, would be worth, is, is really important to go into in some way. And furthermore, the, the, the major transitions of evolution was mostly focused on biological evolution. They get a little bit into, into well, they do get into humans. They, they talk about language as being as one of their major transitions. But I was also aware that, that Archaeology and anthropology had a kind of a nestedness of mm-hmm. bands and tribes and yep. tribes and something larger. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues how to define those things, as <laughs> you're aware of.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and it and happens in the so, psychology, the social science definitional. Structure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of said it happens. So, so. And and then all and then and then I was thinking, well, if, you know, these these major transitions of when they're combinations. Uh, this existed in physics with the after the Big Bang, you 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 get a coalescence, a, a, a build up of nestedness based upon the cooling of the cosmos, and and it gets more complex because some a lot many most of the elements are formed in stars that we yep. you know and things like that. But there there's kind of a building up within the context of the entire cosmos it's, the cosmos itself. So here's here's where I got to. I, I decided to give myself a question. Okay. That was going to that was going to now take several years to unfold, mm. and the question was was can I def- rather than just saying nature comes in these these levels of of uh, parts and holes and uh, you can look at an airplane and has you know, anything yep. engineer has, has parts and you have subparts and subparts can I start with the big bang and count levels distinct how many levels to get to let's say modern human society okay all right so i wanted to set this off as objectively as out set this out as objectively as possible could i can i step back now now i have to be making the evaluation of course but rather but so so for example what i wanted to avoid were many people will talk about the organs within the human body as being a, a level of the human body uh-huh, uh-huh. But from a pers- an evolutionary perspective, the organs came into being; they evolved within within a much simpler multicellular body. Yep. And so I want. So I decided I would treat the eukaryotic cell going to multicellularity uh, as one of these okay. steps. Good. Okay. with with um, major transitions of evolution. Yep. But the organs would be separate. They're they're coming into being as a complexification within yep. a, a level of what I ended up calling combogenesis. Yes. Genesis through combination and integration. Okay. Now uh so then I then I started so so the other the other point that, that of this logic is that each step should have something significantly different and new to it in terms of its relational capabilities mm. of the entities that came into being through combogenesis okay that facilitated and opened up and let's say the Kaufman terminology of the yep. G- possible opened up possibilities yep. for a next merging to form um, a a larger entity that could not have come into being directly from the prior level. Okay. And that would, if I stayed to that logic, I could take, I could look at the, what the current science of physics, chemistry, biology and Archaeology and anthropology, what they're telling us. Consult with experts as I need them, and see if I can count. You know, count the levels. to totally. as a dumb beginning to it, yep. but see where that led. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I got twelve. Now that's saying there's only twelve. Um, the origin of life is a problematic thing, but um, anyway, we can get into some of this if you're interested.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I mean, actually. Maybe it would just be helpful because we may be able to find really one of the things just for folks that are listening. One of the things that really sparked this is a conversation uh, with a big history research group that Tyler and I were involved with. Uh, and and sort of some follow up and the emergence that that, uh, that came out of that discussion is, hey, can we consolidate big history around a mapping modeling process whereby we're arguing that people that are coming at this big history issue um, are seeing something in the center, but seeing it through different maps. Uh, my friend John Verveke used the term aspectualized. So a knower comes and aspectualizes as key aspects of a particular frame. Uh, and then out of that emerges a map and model, depending on what it is that you're trying to make sense out of. Okay, So the United States can be mapped and modeled in lots of different ways. Uh, you can look at them and say, oh my gosh, there's all these different maps of geography, of population density, of energy use and you're like hey those are different things it's like yeah because they're aspectualizing the united states in a different way it doesn't mean they're inconsistent
1: um, but they can and be aspectualizing mm-hmm. so yeah so i i, I get it i, I the, the concept of what aspects of of reality are you looking at to exactly your model to do your exactly map? so you try to get one of the most
0: abstract as doing meta patterns you're looking to aspectualize the foundational forms of operation Right? that are that are engaged in energy information transformation or, or right. whatever and, I, and I don't
1: care if it's physics, chemistry, biology, culture I, I, because obviously the cultural entities are different from the biological entities and and, and, and we get into some formative uh, processes that are very different okay. but the fact that you can have these beings or entities or holons or I, I ended up just using the word thing like I thought that was the most okay. abstract. Uh, and, and even though that seems very kind of cold thing, if you think of the phrase or you know, do your thing, well, yep. thing things got some abstraction to it too.
0: Totally. Well, actually, so this is where you and I, I mean, I think there's a lot of overlap here. So I'm zooming back, a lot of us, specializing in a different way. So you're trained as an, uh, an, an architect and then into a, a big systems thinker, you know, an environmental science, et cetera. I'm a psychologist. Um, and then trying to figure out what my, my field's about, Uh, And it has this real interesting conundrum, basically, between is the field about mind, and what do we mean by that, or is it about behavior, okay, and my field itself doesn't know, or there's no agreement about what those terms are in relation, interestingly, but one of the things that I did as I got into the picture was okay, I am going to take a natural science view, and at one level, the epistemology of natural science is a behavioral view. And that basically means that there are entities or things or objects in fields that are changing. Yeah. Okay. So at the basic category level, there's these entities that I'm aspectualizing at whatever level of analysis. Okay. That then change. And then it's what are the stable and reliable patterns of behavior at whatever level of analysis that I'm actually trying to track. And so that became, that's an early frame of reference that I bring to bear as sort of a natural science, into psychologist frame of reference that's tracking the world
1: yeah so that's that's really cool greg so when i saw your paper in the big history i i I think that was the first i heard of your work all of a sudden you had this paper appear in what 2019 18 uh, yeah 19
0: yep because i've been watching big history but i you know i'm a psychologist and psychotherapist and those two worlds don't have a huge amount of overlap
1: yeah so and i and i saw that and uh immediately uh I, i just said wow because I mean, you had a, you had a table in there of a, a kind of a, uh, your, your, well, anyway, you used the word behavior. Maybe we could look yep. at that table later, but, but your, your, your diagrams of, uh, of your four dimensions of kind of coming, of starting small, going into a larger funnel, that, which meant diversification, the complexification of, the, of that level of being in time through whatever process, through, you know, cosmological development or biological evolution, and then starting off small and like a new dimensionality coming from it. I mean, I, I didn't have that kind of diagram in my book, but I had things in my notebooks that were almost identical where I had steps and then a step would be one one part of those steps would go to the next step and it would spread out and yes. it would go to the next step and s- spread out. That's it,
0: that is it. There, there's, and then there's st- spreading within the steps and then jumps, into a new step, and then there's that relation yeah, and then tracking that
1: new steps. And when I saw your your word behavior, I, I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. I now understand you coming from psychology. You're taking the concept of behavior, which is very natural in psych- psychology, and and moving downward all the way to atoms. So atoms have behaviors. Uh, I'm am to- totally on board with that with that word. I. I was I was using the word relations mm-hmm. relationships but but wasn't so active but rate relating and and some people would well, say to me, oh well relations that's uh, you know that's kind of an odd word because that's sort of our human word but it, we don't have we don't have good language for this
0: no so see to me you're you're absolutely right to hit relations this is exactly um, so I think we're operating in the exact same frame of reference because when I was doing what are entity field relations <laughs> Right. So you place the entity. Yeah. So So it's entity in a field, and then the understanding of the entity, which is the thing versus the thing that it's not, is defined at the boundary of the relation, (laughs) where where it is the relation between the field and entity, especially then you move that thing through time, which is the behavioral angle. Yes. Now you have these, the entity field relation in the picture of the moment of time, and then you move that through time, and now you have the time dimension. And so it's relational of entity field across time. So I'm totally down with the idea that actually one of the most abstract framings would be a relational framing.
1: Mm -hmm. And so yeah, then your use of the word field, that's interesting too. I'm I'm totally comfortable with that. I've used it myself, my notebooks, I probably used it in quarks to culture. Um, Maybe coming from the environmental sciences, I tended to use the word environment. Uh, right totally
0: people. because well but right and if you look at the the thing you're referring to is this periodic table of natural behaviors I developed so table of natural periodic, And I, the short answer periodic table of behavior but it's really natural behaviors because they don't classify things like this coffee cup uh, technology <laughs> is not classified but it tracks the evolution of natural behaviors across levels and dimensions um, and so yeah so then you drop from It says, hey, there's the social, societal, cultural field that you and I as persons live in. Then there's a behavioral, ecological field that animals live in. Then there's a broad environmental field that organisms live in. And then you go all the way down to then quantum field theory, whereby the entanglement of the entity and the field becomes, well you know, we can get into what quantum field theory is about, and and, uh, and I'm pretty well versed in the concepts. I am not an expert in relationship to the, the math and the uh, oh, good. I was data.
1: afraid you were going to be in the...
0: <laughs> you know, but I, I've tracked the concepts pretty well. I don't speak advanced mathematics, unfortunately, so I'm enormously impaired in my capacity to richly understand that field. But anyway,
1: yeah, when I got into the the the, the first level, the uh, the things of the fundamental, I mean, of the standard model, I I, I definitely went over that carefully with a particle physicist at NYU. Yeah, you, know, you always hear, well, okay, the words ultimately, the words are going to be wrong, but just uh, but. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put my rubber stamp on it. You know, exactly. Work.
0: Yep. No, I did this. Thing. Actually, Eric Chiazon from Big History fame was one of my, oh, uh, was yeah. a physicist uh, collaborator, some, not majorly, but we, I read Cosmic Evolution in 2001. Uh, so my evolution happened in terms of, into this whole thing from 1996 into 1997. That's when I went through a phase shift and then was seeing the big picture. And then 2001, uh, one of the first people that I didn't even know at the time was Big History was the cosmic evolution from Eric? So, uh-huh. And then I coordinated some with him and got, well, like, for example, I sometimes talk about the um, universe beginning as a pure energy I- I- uh, information singularity. Okay. Mm. So then he and I, he was like, nah, from a physics perspective, that's annoying. <laughs> And I was like, okay, let me understand why it's annoying. Okay, I get that, get that. Okay, but I've had other physicists. No, you can say that if you mean this thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that,
1: that, 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 that's tough when you think you understand it and then somebody says like, no, nah, you know yeah. what? Well, as
0: any of us that are experts in the field know the history of these word usages, right? I mean, in psychology, I'm telling right. you, it's just a landmine of what do you mean by behavior and mind? I mean, it's like, oh my God. It's like, yeah. depending on the reference, who's the reference, who's the speaker is and how they're using it, it's a totally different thing depending on context.
1: So, and what, so what I like about the word field, so so interesting, because you you used the word environment when it got down to uh, the, non, the, pro, the pre, sort of non-animal things but when you had animal, you used a word. What was your, your word for behavioral
0: the ecology? Is the word behavioral I tend to ecology. use.
1: I mean, and that is true. So I I I do make a big deal of of um, of, of 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 the metazoa of, of multicellularity to to really get to to get to animal social groups. Um, you have to have senses of some kind, like there are uh, specifically. I, I focus on eyes and ears, but smell is really important too, and yeah. touch is important. But I, I like to focus on eyes and ears because it gives the animals. They now have these. Re, they're in a relational field that is remote from each other. They're not touching each other. They're across space. They're they're in these they're in these three worlds, and that in the light and sound. In, in the way I, I like to think about that when we got to the human uh, that what, what uh, Mark Moffat now I didn't know his work then but mm. all banned society do you yeah, know Mark yeah. Moffat's?
0: I know I know a little bit about his work yeah, yeah.
1: but I uh, really liked his, his his book I just finished it recently it, it was anyway uh, the sight and sound a lot of, um, had the affordance that when humans came, when language came along, we could modulate those light and sound waves with, with pictures and with, with complex uh, language on those, which the animals are doing, uh, you know, a kind of a language or, or calls on uh, using sound, uh, but, but, but that was, but humans were able to take that and, and finally modulate it into, you know, into an explosive uh, ability to just uh, name anything that you want to, you no, know, exactly. I in
0: fact, that's actually the first entry point into all of that, uh, into this entire process. For me, historically, is exactly that point, which is the process by which we were primates and then become persons through this novel capacity uh, for information processing: this, the symbolic, semantic, syntactical, propositional networking that we're able to do, and the what that means for. Our mindedness, sensory motor mindedness at the animal level into the culture person. What I call the culture person plane of existence. Um, it's that transition that actually I backed into first and foremost. So my my entry point was into it through what is it that makes human persons different than primates, uh, and it, and it delineates that with with a fair degree of specificity.
1: Yes. So that. So I had in the count I do, um, multicellularity is, is number seven in this combo genesis.
0: Okay.
1: Step. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, see, uh, oh, see, yes. Um, wait, excuse me, make sure. No, no, sorry. Not remembering my own finding here. Uh, the, the or, origin of life of prokaryotes is, is level six.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, level seven is the eukaryotes. Okay. That's a combination of the, the yep prokaryotes and you have that in your biological evolution that's right life category Uh, and then the the uh, multicellularity is being explored i mean the prokaryotes explore it in a kind of a i hate to use the word crude because they're very sophisticated and no right but uh, there's
0: a there's a colonization function that algae and other systems get into that afford this particular kind of multi quasi multicellular capacity
1: yeah, in fact, one, one, uh, one, one evolutionary biology uh, paper called multicellularity the, the the something like the easy major transition or ah. some, because was so so it happened so many times. But right. some people call it complex multicellularity and that multicellularity has to, is absolutely necessarily is part of the life cycle once the single cell divides
0: interesting it, it right okay stays uh-huh.
1: there yep. and then I, I i i i did i did see the animals special only because in the quirks to culture scheme i was trying to head towards civilization right i was not and I, I do a little apology somewhere in the book i said if you're a cloud you know they're going to have their own scheme of you know <laughs> and clouds but uh, you know I, I was interested in steps towards... Uh, I think the
0: mushrooms might be particularly bitter, at least in how I divide the world. The mushrooms are a little annoyed with me because I'm trying to get the uh, human mind and so I got to go through the nervous system. Mushrooms are out there doing all this weird stuff and I'm like, yeah, okay, you guys are basically like plants. It's like, wait a minute, we do a lot of cool stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, I hear
1: you. Analyze our genetics and then you'll find right. out who's closer to plants. And Right,
0: uh, exactly. We're closer to animals and we do a lot of cool stuff that's been overlooked. But anyway...
1: And so the then the so if the animal is 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 level eight, the animal social group which is is level nine, uh, because now the now there's lots of different social groups as you know like and, and, um, and herds are very simple animals. It's a fascinating pattern. It's the mm-hmm. animal social group, but I became more interested in the uh, the fu- the fission fusion groups because mm-hmm. that's what uh, that's the primate uh, that you referred yep. to, but also. Uh, wolves can be in there and ele- probably ele- dolphins and elephants these groups that can split a little bit but combine yep. but however these groups are fairly closed you know the ones where uh where mark Moffat uh focuses on do they recognize each other as individuals mm-hmm. versus schools of fish or herds of, of antelopes. Yep. And, uh, uh, an interloper could like come in and just join in a certain sense, you know, I mean, there's, there's complications there, but, but we seem to come, at least primates are, are, are these, uh, relatively closed societies. Uh Uh Um, and then, so I was thinking, so so this this is my own kind of thought at the time, and I, I wasn't aware of the, the anthropological literature, which you probably know uh, a lot about, but I got into, it turned out. So I said, well, if I follow the logic, uh-huh. I follow this logic. I'm trying to be as objective as possible. When we get to the animal group, yep. we, the the next the next step would be the groups combine into something larger. Right. And that led that was perplexing in a certain way because it you could just say, well, it's 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 a larger group. It's a group of groups. Mm-hmm. You know that's um you know what you know what's yep. new? Are, are we talking about? Animal social groups that are sort of competing with each other. Or what, and But I was aware of, well, i done a lot of reading over the, you know, actually most yeah. of my life with human evolution, you know, super go to the caves in France to see you know, art. And I, so I, I was aware that long distance trade was happening. Uh, uh, certain motifs in the so called arts were, were taking place over yep. hundreds of thousands of miles. Um, uh, egg eggshells in Africa being, you know, perforated and used as beads, uh, Talked to, talk to anthropologists at NYU, uh, uh, archaeologists that the, the, these, these, these hunter gatherer societies um, were that sometimes I think in the common mind, the idea is out there that we, we were in these bands, these, mm-hmm. these the bands that were about the same size as the chimpanzee communities, roughly, probably because they couldn't get much larger ecologically. Although I want to go, we might put a footnote on that. We might go to have to go into complex hunter-gatherers in yeah. a, because places where nature was super abundant. Mm-hmm. They could explore larger sizes and could explore uh, hierarchy.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, but to, but to go back to this transition from the animal uh, social group to to um, what some people well, the terms that I was seeing in the literature were meta groups, mm-hmm. hyper groups, tribal meta groups, yep. uh, uh, hyper bands, meta yep. bands. I, I didn't see that the literature all of a sudden that opened me up that wow there's a whole anthropology is talking about humans. E- evolving and we're, I'm not putting a time level on here yep. right? okay mm-hmm. yep. erectus, like this yep. is probably a gradual thing but yep. at some point people became they were aware that they were part of something larger than their local band right mm-hmm. their in-group They're in-group they, they had at least two in-groups one was their local band and one was something larger mm. probably shared language shared well mark Moffat Emphasizes marks, mm. uh, m- m- marks of, of, of necklaces or, or mm-hmm, ways mm-hmm. to wear decoration on the body mm-hmm. or clothing, because that we because somehow I, and I'm being influenced by him uh, recently because I just read his book, but it, it it was totally it was consistent with what I wrote mm-hmm. in sort of a big picture way mm-hmm. in post culture, in that the the unit was larger than the local uh, right the, and nice. what. And another fascinating finding from uh, man, I have to I'd have to look him up. Is it is it hunt? Um, uh, uh I, and I had I had a, a number of uh, hunter gatherer and anthropology experts uh, um, re- review this chapter, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, Fred Myers, who's at NYU, who's an expert in uh, Australian Aboriginal mm. structure, and and you know, and confirmed that the the social structure is, is is much larger than the band. And, right. and the uh, one of the findings is the fact that these people were quite fluid in moving around. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They were not in these band. What Moffat calls a band society, a society of bands. Right. Not that um, that they could that they could move around and, and see, for example, f- uh, flint napping techniques with for multiple experts, not just they were not just stuck with who they were learning from, and some people. Uh, um they're, they're talking many many are many are doing this I mean, this, this relates to uh, dunbar's number that, uh, uh-huh. that it's, it's got to be it's larger than your local band it's, it's something that we are part to, to make cultural stable we had to be part of something larger because it would have been unstable were totally localized to a band right. totally. and by the way
0: that's about 150 give or take folks in terms of what Dunbar number is so get, get get for folks that are listening and don't know in terms of the size of that group that is at least theorized by Dunbar with some evidence although there are certainly some critics as to whether or not when does it have to um, split essentially to maintain stability and the Dunbar number is about 150
1: mm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. so anyway and, just for uh, folks listening
1: it, yeah so this is why I was I felt comfortable with defining um the the let's say the cultural meta group as, as a new level of combo genesis, not just because obviously something happened with the, uh, you know, the human mind evolving, right. evolving, but it could actually be looked at in this, in this logic of combo genesis of now you had bands going into something larger and it was no, it was not just a larger band. You now had culture. So there was a whole different
0: love that. Yeah
1: fundamental different ways of being in the, in those cultural systems.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's really cool. And I really like uh, the, the way the structure that you're analyzing in terms of this combo Genesis um, really lines up very nicely from the slightly different angle that I'm bringing around the architecture of the human mind and what changes afforded that. And then what the structural functional relations of those um, human systems are and why they actually at least from a, a you talk my unified theory of knowledge overall and tree of knowledge in particular why we're really taking this qualitative shift okay so the qualitative shifts in you talk at the cone level um, is is an added ingredient specifically so life to my, uh, matter to life and then life to mind and then mind to culture are the qualitative shifts and the argument basically is yeah something is certainly there's a combo genesis um, and you're seeing this too, but we can maybe specify at least the way I saw it and see how they sync up. Okay. So what, yeah. I, what I came in on with this problem, what I call the problem. Oh, did I interrupt you there? No, no, that's okay. okay. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I'll remember what I was going to say.
0: Okay. So I come in at the problem of psychology, which is, we don't know what this term means. Okay. And 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 what what actually that means is we were just talking before I hit play is that like actually the ontology of what we mean by the mental or the mind or even consciousness and cognition in other words the referent in the world is not agreed upon so very scholars in very you know rich traditions can use the word mind or the mind and mean very different things uh, so so mm-hmm. very diff- completely different reference mm-hmm. okay. Uh, And so it'd be like the word atom or electron, meaning very different things, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, if you get into the physicists, they're like, what does electron mean? Well, the real rich technical discussion don't have 100% agreement. But if you just zoom back a little bit, an electron is very clearly defined. There's a reference, you know? Mind is not like that at all. Life, by the way, is essentially like that. Although there is more fuzziness about exactly when something would be alive. I agree. The living world... You know, bacteria is alive. uh, A sodium uh, molecule isn't. A sodium atom is isn't. Okay. Um, Yeah. And voila. And then there's stuff in between. But when you say mind, okay, uh, there's actually at least, and this my current book really specifies exactly why and how there are absolutely there are at least three different fundamental reference that people have in traditions. Okay. So one definition is essentially a neurocognitive functionalist view. Okay, that basically the mind is what the brain does and that coordinates the behavior of the animal as a whole. Okay, so this is neurocognitive functionalism. All right, and so, oh, you see, in this case, you see bees running around a flower. Okay, well, the mind is the brain system that's coordinating that activity. Yeah, okay, Okay. so that's one definition. Notice Mm -hmm. we don't know what's inside a bee and we have no real idea whether or not bees are, I'll bring now a second definition conscious or have sentient experience of being in the world the subjective conscious experience for other people mind the primary referent is that it's that subjective conscious experience of feeling of being in the world of seeing the world behind your eyes okay Mm -hmm. and that's another referent that people have Mm -hmm. and then a subset of people also have from the rene descartes tradition the mind versus matter it's a human self-conscious narrating reasoning referent okay where the like the Western mind, you know, is is the is the cultural, reflective, justificatory, narrative structure, okay, that then isn't really present in other animals. Okay. But are
1: you saying that was different from your second one in which yeah. there, there was there's contents of the mind? Yep. How, how is that because the contents of the mind are, are, are reportable.
0: Well, if you get into Rene Descartes it's really interesting. Rene Descartes very ambiguous where he, whether he thinks of sense impressions like the felt experience of being yeah. as being part of mind or the automatic mechanistic processes. Depending on how you read Rene Descartes, yeah. animals can totally feel pain and pleasure, but they don't have second order reflection on the pain or pleasure that opens oneself up to reason and yeah. reason giving. So yes. in you talk, essentially what you talk comes along and says, okay, the first two, are clearly in the animal kingdom. In fact, I'm petting my dog Benji right now. Okay, <laughs> he just walked in like an as an animal does, wanders in, yeah. checks me out with his eyes and his ears and his nose as a sensory motor entity, right? Yeah. And almost certainly, by every piece of evidence I would say we currently have, has feeling states inside of it. You yeah. know, if I crush his paw, he will hurt. Okay, yeah. in a yeah. subjective sense. But at the same time, even though I've done a lot of you talking episodes, yeah. Benji does not follow my you talking episode. Okay. Um, uh, so for me, that's mind three. So mind three is mediated by self-conscious language. And it is the thing essentially you develop as you become a socialized person. Yeah. Okay. So it's the capacity for self-reflective, justificatory narration in a socialized culture. Okay. But, um, your,
1: but your scheme, so wait, you, you, you have the three, you have mind three, but you... Your mind one is beginning, wait, your is your be, mind one beginning with, um, where, where does that begin?
0: It begins in the animal kingdom, okay? yeah. essentially pops as an explosion with the Cambrian explosion. So mind one starts, a, there's definitely precursors. Okay, I'm playing
1: with that eyes and uh, yeah, uh, complex. Yep. Uh, exactly. Around, locomotion. So where does your mind two begin? That's a great question.
0: Okay i I believe in a two-step mind two process. Okay, where mind two comes along pretty early, uh, or a, a version of mind two comes along pretty early. Essentially, what's called valence qualia and the base of sentience. Base of sentience is the felt experience of like pleasure and pain in the body,
1: and that will come pretty early. Right. Maybe you're. It's going to be hard to distinguish from mind one. And, and uh, y- well, well, because our theories. Fuzzy at this time? I don't hear. Yeah. Totally fuzzy at this time. Well, the, we, the hard problem
0: of subjective conscious experience, to go in philosophy of mind, like David Chalmers and yeah. others, really ground, they're, they're trying to ground this fundamental experience of being as a very hard problem. And what they mean by it is the on, mechanistic ontology.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Meaning the things in the world inside the neuro, if you even say it has to have a nervous system. Yeah. We have correlates, but not causal mechanisms that are very good. At specifying why this activity, from a third-person view, somehow gives rise to first-person experience—that's right, like right. so. That's yeah. So i pretty
1: familiar with uh, like debates, and particularly from my uh, my my friend Joel Ledoux, who's been involved in sure, of course, higher-order <laughs> theories of consciousness. Right,
0: exactly.
1: But, uh, Global workspace versus yep. higher order. And so, so I have been following it in, in detail, but I, I would like, yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh, so, anyway, the real short answer we get into a lot of this. This is what I try to specify. The short answer is I offer a two step process of mind two. Okay. Um, so, one step is very close to Cambrian explosion, ancient origin of consciousness, whereby the early system is quick, is, is a flash system, essentially, pleasure pain flash system that's yoking. Exterior sensation, interior sensation, and movement quickly together in a pleasure, pain, reinforcement, operant experiential system that yeah. will flash through the system. Then this system. So, ex- just
1: to be clear, you're going to distinguish that
0: from mind one still. Right. Well, that's where this is the emergence then of, uh, of, a sh- of the epistemic portal as in it becomes then an inner mind's eye. This is the ground, the field ground. How field? distinguish those two? You can well. You can simply distinguish it now from an ontological referent point of discussion. We cannot distinguish it now. Saying, "Oh, I know a bumblebee has yeah. mind two or mind one."
1: Are you going to say a, a a hydra, for example, is mind one, a simple nerve net?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm again. Good question. But yes, I believe here's so. There's a book called "The Evolution of the Sensitive Soul," okay, by Jablanka Ginsburg and Jablanka that came out and makes essentially the exact same argument that I'm making yeah. here. Yeah. It it essentially locates the emergence of pleasure and pain with the brain hooking up exterior, interior, and action. There are systems in early early, um, animal systems that yoke this stuff together. And then you locate pleasure and pain as the functional sentient experience of valence qualia that would be logically grounding. Many people say that consciousness comes in the felt feelings. Look at Antonio Damasio and many others. The felt feelings of the body in relationship to the yeah. world. These I mean, are the Demise, earliest echoes.
1: The mind has got his core conscious. Oh. He's well, sort of-
0: and then he goes under it to the core to feeling systems. Okay. Yeah. It's the feeling systems that I'm referencing as the first. Yeah. And, and then global workspace, a little yeah. Bernard Bars and Dehane um, and other that. bars. And you know, that then certainly with birds and mammals, you get an extension of this fielding and then a modeling inside, which gives rise to the inner mind's eye. Which then supports all the hardware where our consciousness. When we look at human consciousness, and when I perceive something versus when I don't, the parietal funnel ignition switch, and then gives yeah. rise to a broadcast function. But so but the argument.
1: Yeah, but let, anyway. let's see. I'd like to see. So let me just let me just tell you really quickly my my levels eleven and twelve, and then Perfect. I want to I want to see I want to interpret some of yours into mine.
0: Lovely, love the
1: it. Combo genesis levels, add something and a framing that might be useful or not, because because you have four dimensions and I have the, I have three dynamical realms, <laughs> and, and 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 I'm happy with both. I'm happy as like these are like you know t- two people have been spent probably more of their lives than they ever anticipated <laughs> thinking about this stuff.
0: Yes, you can ask my family. <laughs> go ahead. Hoping, so you, that's a, a hypothesis well. that's confirmed based on my lived experience. I feel known. Yes.
1: Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Done. So, so, uh, so, so once you have this, this band society in the beginning of culture and, you know, wh- wh- whenever, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have to put a year on it. We, don't, there, we should not put a year on it at this point. Um, but it, uh, it, it, then humans are, are exploring, getting larger, larger groups. You know, it's, it's kind of, I see it as. Can we at all-
0: least back it up here? So let me just give it. So like, this would be at least um, less than 5 million years ago. Less than
1: five million, and really, okay. I'm I'm interested in when we get to the the Middle Paleolithic. Okay. When clearly, okay. or, or ornamentation, people are doing ornamentation. Just wanted
0: to put it right. So, if this was happening 10 million years ago, our whole our models are a little weird. Yeah, I'll we'll just put it. I like to kind of put the like, okay, how far back am I willing to go before I start to think i maybe I'm just wrong
1: about? That and thing? and personally, I, even though the even though uh, Homo erectus has has tools. Uh, I mean, Stephen Mythen originally pointed out many people. The, the, these these tools were pretty much the same for a million years, right? And They so, do hand axes for a long freaking time, people. Long time, <laughs> and so we. So I'm I'm interested when there was a, a complex enough culture that we can talk about some kind of cultural choices and cultural evolution going on. Yep. But that so that's that's this level ten. But and humans are exploring larger. Um, uh, larger social groups so it looks like it's really fuzzy but I, I, in my interpretation when agriculture and animal husbandry came in that was a new level of combo genesis yep. because that brought in what had been part in the wild and the origin of agriculture is another huge topic but that brought them in as as energy uh, energy systems as yes. uh, into the human, into the human organization and the new, so, and what's the new relationship that these human groups had at that point? They could transport it. They could, they could move into zones that maybe were not as productive and take these plants and animals with them. And so complex hunter and gatherers, it could be like the Pacific Northwest in the United States with the salmon fisheries could explore larger social groups. They were exploring some loose hierarchy, but, but it was, coming of uh, the animal and plants being really brought in intended is a combogenesis event. And one thing that strikes me, Greg, is a little bit uh, off our topic of getting into mine, but that's very similar to the eukaryotic cell. Yes. The bacteria as an energy. De- yes. As, a, as an
0: energy source. Totally. As an energy and- and by the way, so this is fascinating, I love this, okay? Because actually this is, and this is the point that I really want to explore, is because different mappings are going to spectralize different features. And if we actually are able to see the same thing and then get together and talk about what you're seeing relative to what I'm seeing. So here you're seeing, hey, what is the organization of these systems and how do they, well, combine and generate various, you know, energy information patterns and that are stable, Okay. And, and you know, so then if
1: something, give something fundamentally new.
0: Give to give something fundamentally new that you can document and says, okay, these has new patterns, although there may be meta patterns underneath them, but they're new patterns that we can then track.
1: And that and that can facilitate a next a next step, and then that,
0: create the ground for a next step. Okay. Uh-huh. So in my system, I don't even, I do not have either the eukaryotic transition, which I totally agree is totally major, but I don't specify it, and I actually do not have the agricultural transmission as a specific level. Okay. And I can mm-hmm. explain why, because, and that's not to say they're not important. It just is the, the thing that I'm aspectualizing doesn't elucidate those as foundational. And, and so that's that's a, the one of the uh, reasons for technology, okay? Uh,
1: now, here's where I think we get closer though, because when in the, uh, level 12 was the, was the geopolitical state, which the archeologists can't say historically happened because humans learned to have expandable bureaucracy and they could take over other other polities and incorporate them, not just maybe raid them or, or, yep. or you, know, you know, whatever. Actually, in, they learned to incorporate them. So, and so now, so now I have these 12 levels that formed a set yep. of a commonality. Yep. It's a weird set, right? It's not physics, it's not biology, it's not culture, but it's a set in that they all came from a, a, an event of genesis and yes. all led to a co- an event of combogenesis. so they have this as an ontological totally commonality yep. right okay now there was clearly clustering to me there was the whole group of from the stuff front of, of starting physics totally. and molecules yep. and then there was the prokaryotic cell yep. to the animal social group. Which you you can't really get into how these things are happening unless you invoke biological evolution. Totally. And then there was a cluster going from the banned society of early human cultural uh, the, the start of what I'm now calling cultural evolution up to agriculture and up to the state. So I yep. see those as a cluster, and and people are called people talk about cultural evolution. Yep. Well, it fascinated me so so okay so then I said wow there's all these these are these big clusters that i ended up calling dynamical realms mm. because there were overarching dynamics that that are part of the process of combogenesis within those realms uh,
0: okay
1: and so there's 12 levels but three realms that came out i mean i could have you know mm-hmm. started with like physics biology and culture a lot of people do but I to me they emerged out of this developing this logic of getting these 12 right. levels and seeing, well, clearly there's culture, there's, there's, there's clustering because we're not going to explain um, agriculture without saying something about cultural evolution and right. choice and the mo- human mind and things like that. And but but this leads us, this led to another uh, way of framing it, that if there's these three dynamical realms there's some of the levels are more important than other levels of combogenesis because some of the levels of combogenesis did something so new in terms, of the, uh, in terms of the behaviors that were setting up the new relational fields that subsequent events of combogenesis took place within those macro dynamics. Totally, And those macro dynamics are physics, chemistry, biological evolution, and then cultural evolution. Now, next, next step, biological evolution. This relates to you, you had diagrams of, of um, our language is slightly different, but you had a three-part braided, I I call it a braided process. I'm using propagation, variation, and selection. Yep. I think you're using variation, selection, and retention very uh, re- so i mean
0: yeah so just it's the same thing it's just a slightly different word choice
1: and and what what i totally um am sympathetic with and vibed with <laughs> and not only just sympathetic with but it's like wow you're seeing the same thing you use those in your in your subsequent dimensions totally so and so with cultural evolution um people have been talking about there's some really a lot of, lot of work out there with, with sort of a, a, a three-part a three braided process of some kind of a replicative process, some sort of, uh, some sort of variating process and some sort of uh, sieving or selective process. Uh, but thinking about the mind and looking into p- uh, people like Searle and I know reading other people and, and also just uh, reading and in, in, in how learning happens uh, it, it was clear that the mo- that there's a uh, limit. Is it okay if I just use my own terminology? Please, P- yeah. PVS. Uh-huh. A PVS process would be a propagation, variation, and selection process or general evolutionary dynamics. But the word yeah. evolution is sometimes problematic to use because sometimes people want to only be biological. But l- I'll just use PVS for now. And that we have, we, it's cognitive. We have a cognitive PVS process. We can... We can call up scenarios in our minds about our choices we're going to make. We can, we, we make those, we, we, we have a selective process in our own being. And then key to human uh, social uh, structure and evolution are groups getting together and doing social PBS, having discussions. Should, uh, you know, where should, should we move? Should we, should, is it time to move? Yes, no, Let, let's, let's 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 hack these things out. And so I saw, I see, I am still, seeing a the human culture evolution is basically, I was calling it dual tier, a cognitive PBS and a social PBS that were happening. Exactly now, right. the cognitive PBS begins in animals, in, 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 Total. in animal learning. Exactly. In thorns, in what, uh, what Joe Deuce told me would be a Thorndikean learning, which you're exactly. familiar with. So in your four dimensional scheme, your dimension number three of mind coming in the animal you you have a a kind of a cognitive circle that's generated being cognitive pbs exactly and and then with coming of humans you have um you you call something slightly you you didn't you didn't have the dual tier of social and cognitive but the cognitive the cognitive continues the animal cognitive both human cognitive that's
0: exactly what i have and yeah. exactly what you have. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's exactly what I have. So, so the,
0: it's, there's an animal mental behavioral layer, okay? Yeah. The animal yeah. mental from Cambrian Explosion that's going to track a complexification process to us as yeah. primates, okay? Yeah. 5 yes. million years ago. And then we could talk about the 5 million to 500,000 years ago, and then a 500,000 to 50,000. Okay. OK, algorithmically, okay. logarithmically, there's actually, I believe, a rate of change function that's operative here. Five million, actually, then 50 million and kind of primates and mammals and mammals, but then 500 million and quasi five billion. There's actually a really interesting logarithmic scale. Okay? OK, but anyway, let's so, yes, there's mind, there's animal mental behavior. This is where my field fucks us up, Tyler. OK, B.F. Skinner, the behaviorist B.F. Skinner's entire core model is your mom. Oh, so what do you mean? Meaning of the animal behavior is a variation, selection, retention, a propagation of admitted behaviors, Mm. animals within the lifespan of the animal. So there's natural selection for living creatures. Mm -hmm. Skinner argued there was another vector that emerged in the world called operant behavioral selection. In Mm -hmm. the course of the animal, the animal has evolvability in ways that plants don't. Mm -hmm. The evolvability is a function of a propagation of instinctual behavior patterns that are released, Mm -hmm. that have consequences in the environment, Mm -hmm. and the evolution of learning is the selection of the consequences that are retained in learning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's a total propagation of, of learning framed by a propagation, variation, selection. In fact, he calls himself the Darwin of psychology. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, but he's but notice his terminology. This is what gets us all screwed up in our yeah, metaphysics. Yeah. It's all, of course, behavior. He hates the term mental. He argues mental. Now, yeah. the one thing, I, the other thing I'll say is my good friend John Vervaeke, okay, a four E cognitive scientist, which four E cognitive science takes the information processing view of cognitive science and puts it back in an embodied, extended, enacted, embedded environment, i.e., sort of a behaving animal, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Berbecki's model of cog- neurocognition that goes down to the Cambrian explosion okay. is a recursive relevance realization model that I call your inner Skinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Skinner.
0: So this inner Skinner is a variation. Got a from- nice, that's got
1: a nice ring to got it. Got a yeah. nice
0: ring to it. So my friend, John Berbecki is a cognition, cognitive science person who arrives. I mean, he's aware of Skinner, but he's not embedded in that tradition. And I think he I don't want to speak for him, but it just in terms of it's easy to get confused about what Skinner said because he sounds so weird. Because
1: I, I thought the Thorndike learning was was uh, different from some of Skinnerian uh, the, learning. The issue with, okay. <gasps> but, issue. But, but anyway, I would see these, so, I would so. see once this P, once a cognitive PVS happens of some sort, that itself can now be subject to evolutionary. Uh, yeah, that's right. It becomes a whole new realm. It becomes a whole new realm. Yes, yes. And I think that, so, I, I had put that within the uh, of, um, a relationship, a relation going on between the animal and the animal social group, that that was all taking place within that. You simply had that as a new dimension. Um, be, be, and, and, but I, I admit that if, if one were, well, if I'm defining, if one were defining levels strictly by combogenesis, that's happening within current I mean that's happening within multicellularity that's complex, complexification sometimes I'm not happy with that word but I haven't thought of I that.
0: love, actually That's a, I can I, I played around with complexity I actually landed on complexification I have a pretty clear definition of that that's pretty consistent with this and I think can elucidate and differentiate from complexity but anyway that's a whole nother I like that term it turns out uh,
1: anyway so sophistication or something like that I, I fooled with other options only because I um, because complex can have a negative connotation to lots of people not you know. well this is too complex or something like that but but complexification so so that's happening within um the, with within within those level of combogenesis and then so that I, I think that's r- really the difference because if you define if one defines that your dimensions by the coming into being of new pvs dynamics then the animal cognition would be a, a something fundamentally new I right mean, it,
0: and, and so now
1: let's talk about that now let's
0: say why i define it this way okay, okay. so what is the glue that ties together those dynamics that afforded a st- stable framing of reference and a qualitative shift the argument that there's a gluing function here that i'll explain a field glue function in information processing and communication networking yeah
1: okay okay okay
0: so you get an <laughs> rna world into dna world whereby the DNA is our placeholder for the information storage and processing mechanism within a cell, we'll say, okay, yes. and then communication networks between cells as they distribute chemical signaling to create a particular bio-adaptive field system, yep. where each cell then is information processing within, communication between. We'll just use that for relational dynamics. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, then, and then there is certainly different kinds of systems that border on novel information processing system. The immune system is one, okay? But there's one system that takes off in the Cambrian explosion. Yeah, yeah as I'm, I'm
1: glad you brought up the immune system because that's a good example of evolution discovering PVS systems. Exactly. As powerful. Okay. okay. Totally. So, so, but, but the way the immune system does it, it
0: doesn't give rise to an entirely new information processing communication field system that
1: affords higher order combogenesis. It's because the immune system is inside the organ. In
0: because it comes as an organ system in relationship to what you were saying before. But when you get a sensory motor complex active body with eyes and action, and then engaged in complex active with prey predation relations yeah now you're moving the entire system as a field and Mm. you have an information processing system the nervous system Mm. okay that can coordinate all of this so it stacks the informational structure and then Mm. can afford communication of forms back and forth with Mm. another information processing system and then move the entire system in a new dimension i.e the behavior of the animal as a whole Mm -hmm. in immediate relation in a space-time dimension yeah. that it plants
1: and, move, and fungi cannot do. Yeah, move the animal as a whole, really, really important, because now the, the um, and what do you call it, the space-time dimensional system is is now changed, because the, the animals can look at things across, and they, they can form groups that are, do not have to be attached to each other, for one thing, which was totally <laughs> Just, necessary to get the humans to be, to be, to continue with our bodies and form these groups that are, that are truth, new things, truth, true, true new entities, but the members don't have to be physically, uh, t- t- the border, the boundaries don't have to be merged. Totally.
0: So, yeah. so now the nervous system is a new information processing system, which is the fundamental insight of the cognitive world. Aha. Uh-huh. In the 19 that's what it, uh, if you're going to say, what did they discover? Well, the ontology of the nervous system is an information processing system. People debate about what that, exactly that means, and there are different models of it. Okay. But if you were to say if there's one thing that cognitive revolution delineated in the 1940s to 50s, it's the shared understanding that the nervous system is a kind of information processing system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we have that. And then, the, then that means the nervous system is akin to the animal, much like the DNA structure is akin to the cell, or at least there'll be a lot of parallels there, you know?
1: But when you, when, when all this work with the new discoveries about the, the fungi and the plants. You totally. Know,
0: we, we should be totally open there. And there are all sorts of fascinating things. However, it one, is
1: wonders, the, one wonders then if, if, the, if, it's, if the PVS, the PVS uh, the, the, the capabilities of the nervous system are somehow, Fundamental to forming this this new field, because
0: I, I I think that what we delineated the capacity to tie the organism together, create a new dimensional structure, and then have other organisms, yeah. i.e., other animals, that now can do that in relation. What you know, fungi. If fungi start getting up and walking around, that's going to freak everybody out.
1: Right. <laughs> so have-
0: as cool as they are, and believe me, just like with the immune system. The capacity of the living world to demonstrate biointelligence should, we should be open to being amazed. We have been amazed. A lot of people underestimated how much biointelligence there is in the world. The fungi and plant research shows that there's an enormous amount of complex communication mm-hmm. and intelligence inside those systems. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we should, me, I'm like, totally, you know, that, that's cool. Right. It doesn't yeah. mean though that they are getting up and walking around, yeah. that, you know, it's just a, and getting up and walking around. Is at least you know certainly in the map I'm given higher order and at a basic descriptive level, a four-year-old is going to go into the woods and be like, "Oh, there's are birds and bees and squirrels, and there are flowers and trees, and they behave very differently." So, any descriptive level, there's a higher order descriptive behavioral level that animals are doing, obviously, that's very different than plants.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a bit. I think we can make a, a a good analogy with the prokaryotic cells are also exploring multicellularity with some of the bacteria uh you know emerging in their reproductive structures merging uh, uh moving as oh, if, no. sending up stalks that are you know multicellular to in in the reproductive stage when they run out of food that multicellularity was something to explore yet it was the eukaryotic cell that for whatever reason um you know was led to the complex multicellularity which led onto this more uh, you know, which led on to animals, there's an analogy between, let's say, Huge the, analogies. the plant and animal, this is the plants and fungi also exploring information processing, uh, but there was something about the, the, the you know, the animal that, uh, it, uh, I, I'm with you that it's the remoteness, it's, it's the use of remote sensing, in fact, I have that as like the key invention uh, that, that, that was if, the,
0: if you apply your cavo genesis model to it, how do you network together all these goddamn parts? right? So yes. so if it, the, the capacity for new information processing systems to distribute across a network, a novel capacity then to digest right. that information and communicate, yep. well, if you get a novel information processing system possibly to glue together a system and then cause that system to behave holistically, the argument is, oh, wow, yeah, that opens up a new dimension of yes. behavioral patterning.
1: And it may have been the only way for that to happen because to, to merge and have like our skin's Go together into a bigger body, uh, that's not gonna be much, that's not gonna be anything new. I mean, there are these organisms called siphonophores, they're in the ocean that mm-hmm. are actually multicellular things that are, that are that are together when they when they reproduce, but they're they're not much more than uh a larger thing. They've got some some uh ones that are specialized in reproduction, specialized in being the mouths. Uh, but there, there's something special about the, the, the animal forming these remote groups. It, it gave a lot of plasticity, for one thing. It gave a lot of opportunity to explore, you know, vast, uh, vast spaces of, of, of social relational space, not just in the predator-prey stuff, but in the in the group dynamics. That Totally.
0: Um, it opens up a whole new tack dimension, to use Kaufman's term. Okay? Yeah. The adjacent possible becomes, and especially from a variation selection retention evolutionary arms race and learning arms race you're now placing these animals in competition with each other prey predation relation becomes central yeah. and then you get a prey predation relation you get a sort of evolutionary arms race to navigate the complex adaptive field that the behavior of the whole organism opens up and then you got to learn so now you get evolvability online evolvability and of course animal uh, plants learn but the ways in which animals learn they used to just think only animals
1: learn so, so online evolvability so so the animal so so now we have these groups and social learning is taking place but i from my reading it's it's not a lot of social decision making you using pVs in a social kind of way I mean elephants have their matriarchs I mean they're I mean how animals make decisions to do things as groups is a whole issue, but so then you then you would see the coming of of being in of cultural evolution as as adding adding a, a, a right. demand, so, social so
0: so, so three steps I want to delineate here get the groups together, have them be different than herds, have them actually recognize individuals yeah so we'll, we see this in wolves, we see this in primates, we see this in whales, okay. Yep. And then you have some beginning relations that create particular invent behavior patterns and have some vicarious learning and shared behavioral repertoires, okay? Yeah. So other yeah. animals develop and share behavioral repertoires. We know like chimpanzees, their famous paper in nature, 39 different uh, yeah. behavioral repertoires, okay? Right. Now in Utah language, they call this culture. Utah calls this little c culture at yeah. the animal mental plane of existence where behavioral investment patterns are being Invented and then shared, yeah. But they are not big C culture person behaviors.
1: Yeah, I mean Masudi had a paper. Yeah, a lot of people. I like the term cumulative cultural evolution. So sure. we don't get into the base Do you know? I mean, these animals have culture of some kind. I mean, right. So it.
0: I just call it little C behavioral repertoire culture. Okay.
1: So what okay. happens?
0: What happens if so,
1: big C? Then right. So
0: then, then we go from five million years to 500,000 years so 500,000 years our hominid primate system uh, based on the work of Michael Tomasello I don't know if you know Michael uh, Tomasello yes, I
1: recent book. Book. Well, yeah, okay yeah. yeah
0: becoming human so what happens to Michael Tomasello in terms of the comp capacity for systems in a combo genesis sort of way to create social coordination yeah is an increased relational cognitive capacity for okay. shared attention and intention yes okay yes. So this is all, and this is pre-verbal from my vantage point.
1: Okay. Because, so, okay. but theory of mind is starting to come theory in. Theory of
0: mind is now coming on, and now through theory of mind, we create an intersubjective field where gesturing, yeah, music, rhythm, and the coordination of a group towards a goal, hunting possibly, okay, and right. other kinds of opportunities become qualitatively different because now the system can track intersubjectively. We have a group intention to hunt this mammoth. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and that's what other animals can't do. They don't have shared, they have quasi-shared, but it's broken and fragmented. We get this harmonized so that a three-year-old human being yeah. is demonstrating more theory of mind than an adult chimpanzee on all on on yeah, yeah. I
1: think John Searle called this we intentionality.
0: Exactly. That's what actually Thomasello calls it too at the end of his book. I, it's we space. It's shared attention, intention, ep- epitomized by the pointing function which immediately in humans very early on detects that oh you're asking me to look and now i can sync up and you have an intention and we'll share our attention
1: greg i once i i think i mentioned this briefly in the book but i couldn't get too far with thinking about it but i was i was thinking about it would be interesting and how are we going to know when did the word we come Ah, to? totally yeah no
0: it's a great question
1: that would be something you know huge when we have a word we
0: uh... well i will argue that actually based on what i trailed we can there's a lot we can know if we take the right reverse engineering angle on this okay so i discovered a reverse engineering angle onto this that actually gives a lot of confidence in at least the broad outline of the structure that i built so i'll finish this and we do have to yeah. be aware of time here but i'll yeah. then maybe we'll come back and we'll talk to it's so exciting okay i love your common genesis field but it shows the top-down systemic assemblages of systems across this hierarchy in a brilliant way, and, and to map that to what I'm doing is great and super synergistic. So I'll, I'll finish this, and then we can maybe pick this up. So, so anyway, the story I'm telling is, hey, we have this intersubjective fielding system, okay? The intersubjective fielding creates a we, a, a, an implicit nonverbal we space that's in the behavioral investment and influence patterns, okay, that affords a lot more coordination than other animals, that coordination initially then allows for what uh, Merlin Donald called the mimetic field.
1: Merlin mimetic Donald, field.
0: Yep. Into, into exactly. So we're just tracking now gestures. We'll have symbolic calls, in particular broken symbol calls. We'll have music rhythm. We'll have shared uh, activities like hunting, coming around a fire in particular ways. Okay. So this now creates a much richer intersubjective field that affords symbolic tagging.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So once we, yeah. in The field, the field, does this field include the material things that are coming, starting to come in, the tools? And the, well,
0: right. So, uh, so I absolutely, and, yes, but I'm tracking complexification in a slightly different language. In the
1: mental cognitive way around the
0: mental cognitive. So I'm going to get
1: from, I'm trying to understand just one, one fine point, yes. just to make sure to, if I can say, say it back to you that it's the, it's theory of mind is being important because it's, it's the assuming that others have mental states like I do. Yep. That's that's really important. I mean, what totally. the shared and Tomasello's language was shared intentionality and something else, attention,
0: attention and intention. So we're both looking at the same thing. We're right. both having goals that we can coordinate
1: intention. And so there's an awareness that I, as an individual have, I, 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 I don't have language for intention and intention mm-hmm. is words, but I, I'm having the, 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 cognitive, I'm having those things happen. Yeah, yeah. And I know that you are too. I know that a field of us are exactly. And, and that's the field.
0: And that's going to That's going to create the cognitive field. Okay. That then going to set up things like music, mimicry, and symbol usage.
1: Yeah. Music, mimicry. So you're, you're on board with the Merlin Donalds. Um, exactly original his is his his, uh what was his book um
0: so here's my particular my my insight comes along and my insight picks all of this knowledge up okay it's sort of the given okay my first insight that led to utah This the first thing that led me in this weird system so it's and i Mm -hmm. think it's a pretty uh interesting set of insights because it sets the stage for a lot of things that will come down the road Mm -hmm. so so okay we go to symbol okay and now let's go to symbolic syntactical structure a symbolic so
1: symbol is their antelope okay okay a symbolic syntactical in, structure in, in merlin Donald's mimetic world yep. could could do that right he, totally. he we we could mime some stuff uh, Exactly. with some something more sophisticated than you know so, some verbal sophistication but not not full um use of phonetic building of of any because I, I make a big deal with phonemes um that can now be assembled into words but this is prior to that
0: right well this is that's phonemes into words okay and now i want to make the words into propositions
1: yeah but but right but i but i think the propositions in merlin some of the propositions would have come in his mimetic his mimetic world uh, a well, little bit a Uh-oh. little bit Here's okay. what
0: unified theory says. Okay. Yeah, okay. So okay. what unified theory says is this. Once you get propositions, there are the antelope. Okay. You yeah. make a positive empirical claim. That's the definition of a proposition is that asserts a particular state of affairs okay. in the world that is or ought. Okay. There are the antelope. Okay. okay. Unlike antelope there, a proposition now carries with it an affirmative state that can then be, that is now claimed in the positive you know, world. Okay, it's a yeah. positive assertion.
1: And others can agree or not agree with it too. So this gets us into a kind of a selective process again, I guess. I mean, I'm just. Oh, exactly. ahead Exactly. So now what
0: happens is once you have this, now think about the negative space around the claim. So the positive claim is there are the antelope. And yeah. you just went to it right away. Like right. Now others can question that. Yes, yes. Now think how easy it is to question who, what, why, how, okay? So now you can think about these as cognitive gadgets that attach to the positive nature of the space. Uh, Uh, exactly, exactly. Exactly. So these are cognitive gadgets that are easy that young kids can learn because one word, notice how you open up around the space. And this gives rise to what I call question answer dynamics. okay. Okay, so. which is then the fundamental insight that I have is the problem of justification, which essentially is getting shared propositional networks that okay. legitimize is an
1: ought. Uh huh. As a separate things, or you mean together? Right well, now- together,
0: and then hold on. The last step I'm going to make this is this: me as a psychologist.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we're getting these beliefs. So, so, so I'm, I'm, to, I'm, yeah, I'm totally with you. Once you have these mm-hmm. propositions, they can, now, they, they're, they're now things that can, that can like, uh, they're, Merlin Dom is now we're in the Now we're in a they mythics. Imply, they imply characteristics that by mm-hmm. uh, bigger fields of, of uh, you know, how do we know there, there are antelope there. How do you know how far, how, you know, when um, I mean the, the key question words, are are really fundamental in human it's fundamental
0: here in terms of they're they're basically cognitive gadgets that attach to the negative space of propositional claims.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. Say, attach to the negative space. Attach to the negative space, or they? I mean, with, I see them expanding the propositional well, claims.
0: Exactly. Of, I mean, uh, in
1: other words, they say, "Well, ha- let's place
0: this, and now let's network this. See where yeah, the, the see where the relational that. space is of how this fits right with all right. the other stuff. So it creates this in between space, and then sees how propositions are going to network."
1: It's a mapping or modeling process to get back to those terms.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Well, we're we're going to now build a system of justification that maps and models is an ought. That's essentially what the systems of justification are. They're going to now legitimize. Oh, this is the way the world is, and ergo, this is the way you ought to be in it.
1: And so, you use the word justification to mean the the complexification of these of of the um, properties of propositions as we exactly. network them out and build. Yep. We build them. Yep. Cool. So they become then propositional networks that are systems of
0: justification. So I just call them systems of justification, the bricks of which are propositional networks glued together by a yeah. particular logic system a legitimize, that then people play out in legitimizing functions when they argue and make claims. And it will vary, select and, re- and evolve depending on all sorts of different kinds of contexts.
1: So the people, yeah, the people arguing, making claims, agreeing with each other. This is the, this these. Uh, this brings in the social dynamics. This is the totally. this is the social PBS of two people agree. Oh no, ten people agree. Oh, a million people agree or disagree. Or uh, we're or, or we're going to move society this direction. Or do we move the band today? Or do we or should 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 the tax should our tax law be such and such? Right. There's these. We now have dynamics in place that, uh, well, okay, yeah. That, I, I, yeah, this is good. That's exactly right. So now, okay, so now I can hook up,
0: okay? So my first intellectual uh, sort of awakening was on feminism. I got introduced to the social construction view, a postmodern view, and that helped me see, oh my God, people will build systems of justification, men, say in this case, that then legitimize their interests, all right? Okay. And then diminish others. And this, okay. of course, is completely consistent with that at that micro macroscopic level. But I'm a human, I'm a psychologist, a clinician. So here's the other real insight. This is why I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'm going to argue pretty strongly that this set of insights actually has validity. Okay. So here's now, what it's what, what, what has validity. I missed that, that word. The, that the set of insights that the tipping point oh, okay. for cultural evolution for the last fifty thousand, you know, five hundred to fifty thousand years ago. Okay. Is this propositional network system that then gave rise to the problem of justification? Okay. The problem and of justification. The problem of justification is how are we going to develop a propositional network that effectively yeah. legitimizes is and ought together. Yeah. Okay. And actually there
1: are three. This div- has to be, you're saying this has to be, this is like the way uh, chemicals, you have to have uh, the autocatalytic chemical reactions to have a cell. You're saying this is what we have to have uh, um, as, these, as the interacting dynamics, this system of justification has to somehow be there to have, well, I would say the cognitive PVS hooked up with the social PVS that's going to allow us to have culture total. Uh,
0: So exactly. Now, let me follow your line of thinking directly. Okay. So here, what I'm going to, I use the term problem of justification, and I'm going to argue at the very least, there are three big problems that are associated with it. I kept saying is and ought. So one problem is the problem of is. If this is going to represent something in the field, what's its basic correspondence? Are there antelope over there or not? At the level of ant accuracy. Okay. Okay, So one problem is an accuracy problem. Okay. Okay. Then there are odd problems, but there are two odd problems that are potentially different.
1: Okay. So odd is what? What are we going to do about this? Now we're
0: going to what are we going to do based on what our embodied interests
1: are? Okay. And you've got two two major odd two major odd classes. Okay. Cool. Go ahead one is the utterer
0: and the where the investment of the proposition is coming from i'm going to make a claim i'm going to believe in a claim we'll call this the personal like is this relevant for me okay. in my world that's the cognitive the individual that's a, that well that will drop into my animal self okay okay and then there is the how does it fit in the social field either yeah. in the other if we're yeah. just it's the dyad or yeah. then the network, if this is relevant, however far out, we need to spin this justification, whatever relevance it has for the social field. And of but course, there's one, a multiplicity one, down here.
1: One or more other people. One or more of Second class. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I think Tomasello has, has a kind of a developmental thing where like it's a dyadic, shared totally. attention to, to a group, right? So, uh, but, but I'm, yeah, I, I think your two classes are good because the um, because they can map directly onto an individual uh, PV cogn- cognition and a social cognition, which is which is one or more. No. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's, okay. So now we have these two. Now I'm gonna. The, that's the two justification. Wait. That's the two is. Wait. What, let's go back to what two, that. Mm-hmm. That's
0: the, two the two two problems two. of ought around uh, justification, the, the personal and the social.
1: After we've after we've dealt with the is as exactly. as one class, so you got the right. is. And now you have the ought, two major classes. The ought has two major classes of the individual and the social. Exactly. Excellent. Okay. okay. So now what I want to do is I want to then say,
0: hey, something's very interesting that emerges in this network field around propositional thought. Okay. okay. And that is propositional thought is a kind of thought that goes right through the skin without a problem. Okay. Okay. It okay. Okay. goes right through the skin. So what do I mean by that? You say a sentence out loud. Hey, Tyler, I'm having a great time. Right. And then I say it privately. Right. Same propositional network structure. Right. Okay? Right. What that means is, is that... Yeah, this, is, this is
1: huge. This is... This you know, is
0: what, what this means is, is that language is an information highway to your subjective thought, at least to the extent that it's organized in propositions. Like, yeah. tell me what you think, Tyler. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: And I, I've often thought that that it, people are t- part of consciousness and, and being aware of your own thoughts is as ex- adults and other uh, people outside you when you're a kid.
0: Totally. Like, well, this is actually how it starts from a from a. What are you thinking? Back to you're not
1: thinking anything. Oh, I'm supposed to be thinking. I am thinking something. Oh, you learn to know what your po- this is hypothetical. Maybe you can say this is true, but you you learn to even self report better because others are asking you to self report. Well,
0: this is the whole point is is that okay? Now we have an entire field. Okay where we have a highway from the other into your mind developmentally. Now you're going to learn from parents how to think about that. Okay. Right. Right. And then it creates this whole dynamic about, well, wait a minute, if there's a personal and a social dynamic associated with ought, right. How do I narrate what my private thoughts are out here publicly? Because as soon as they cross the barrier, it is the case. Now they're part of the public field.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where I may not want them to be part of the public field. Correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't before verbal narrative, I didn't have to worry if I had unacceptable thoughts and images and impulses. But now, if you ask me, what are you really feeling as a human? I have to navigate what it is
1: as it moves from just my personal interest problem into the social interest problem. Yeah, so some of the evolutionary psychologists, the early ones would say that, yeah, this is like a cheater problem too, cheater detection. Well, Uh, you get lying on the other, lying and cheating. Now
0: I can, so uh, the affirmative, uh, so I'm a clinician, so here's what I see. But but it's more
1: subtle too, because I can, not just lying, but like- Self-deception. Yeah, and also, but but I'm now going to tell other people how I see it and try to justify it, but now they're not seeing it that way. So I'm honestly putting, I'm not even, you know, uh Lying, I'm putting out what I want, but now I got to deal with the with what what are people's reactions to that going to be, and you know, and then it gets into a whole thing of like eventually the evolution of science where where science uh, codifies how we're going to let people you know disagree you know how disagreements are going to be done. So you could possibly track, and you you are doing this, this coming in at the base of cultural evolution. We don't exactly you know you're going to put say five hundred thousand years ago or you know, maybe it's, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, we don't know, right? Homo Right, right. We're doing,
0: you're right. That's a, basically 550,000 is this coming online, which by the way, geologically is very, very small time. I mean, that, right. that's a fine place to say, oh, wow, this explosion happens here.
1: Right, but Homo heidelbergensis, oh. where they're, anyway, they're making composites. Right. It, anyway,
0: or, it certainly they, could be starting to spark but, earlier. But
1: then this is a base, base dynamics of cultural evolution. I'm really digging this conversation, by the way. We can we can, we can track we can start tracking this how did this change historically through time just in the way biological metabolism went from the pro you know changed um, and and you know we might suspect there were some um, you know major innovations in the ag- if, if combo if agriculture is a major event uh, we might look for major changes in this uh, you know justification dynamics, and, and also with the coming of the state, I mean, people are talking about different kinds of God systems in, in the state system, you know, and in, in talk about justification systems of, uh, anyway, yeah, this is, this is, this is really cool, Greg, yep, great, great. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, from my, you know, my own readings, Merlin Donald, uh all, all these people, uh, this is looking very, very good to me.
0: Lovely. So I'll just, we can begin to, but uh, I really, really synergistically connected here, I love it. Uh, Maybe we'll come back and we'll continue this conversation. Uh, I look forward to sharing this with big history folks, my folks, things like that. I'll finish with one final point, and that is, is actually, I would argue that if we just take one step back from Freud, okay, and ask what was Freud's fundamental observation about human consciousness, okay, Okay. it's essentially the case that you have an ego that sits on an animalistic id and navigates the superego acceptability of what's justified
1: yeah so that's the mapping that, so now yeah. the mapping between freud's tri- triad and the and and these uh this way of lo- this model exactly so this gives rise to what's called the
0: updated tripartite model of human consciousness which is actually this thing back right here and it just says oh you're a primate experiential self with mm-hmm. a justifying ego that's managing a persona
1: mm-hmm. the persona being like gossman's just- presentation of Just managing
0: your impression, management's reputation and social field dynamics. Right,
1: right. Because we have, what's what's fascinating to me is this persona that is manifest to other people. We actually contain within us as a model too of our persona. So 100%. I mean, it gets
0: very loopy. I don't know. It's totally loopy. In fact, what happens to many people clinically is as they try to model that, they internalize a critic. This is actually called the introject, where you excessively model the critique and then you intern it against yourself as really a protective mechanism. So you don't display unacceptable things, but many neurotic problems are when that goes haywire, and you carry around this abusive internal modeled critic about what's telling you, what's not acceptable, what other people judge your ass for.
1: Okay. Right. So and it's that, that
0: modeling taking off and then and we all have, have that.
1: And what's it called again? The technical term,
0: the interject, you internalize, Inter- project. The, you project and then internalize the, a powerful other as a threat that says don't behave in an unacceptable way we're going to create a perfectionistic critical inside of you as essentially as a protective mechanism because it's better that you kick your ass first privately than you actually get your ass kicked
1: yeah and and uh yeah and this gets into conscious con- conscience, conscience conscience exactly conscience and um yes okay yeah yeah great
0: so these yeah. are so anyway what's super exciting to me Uh, from my vantage point is that I think there would be opportunities here for many big picture, big history kinds of systems Mm. to afford, you know, an aspectualized perspective, meaning, hey, we're bringing, you're bringing a super cool analysis of the assemblages of, you know, parts that get pulled in particular holes, you create this dynamic realm analysis. And I'm coming in, it's like, I end up like, okay, behavior patterns of primates, they're mental. (laughs) behavior patterns of persons they're mental but they're totally different we just call them mental and some people mean one some people mean the other it's a disaster yeah there yeah. are ways to actually pull those patterns out align them and when i do that i get this other perspective that makes mind realm relevant and now uh-huh. we can put our stuff together maybe and really be like oh my gosh yeah there's these are different maps and models of a yeah, yeah emerging I, think so.
1: terror. I i was as i said i started off with this question can i count the levels And uh, in going into the sciences i already knew for my work in the carbon cycle, a lot about various levels of nature anyway, but can I count them? Now I have this set of phenomena and can I, and, and now what, what can I do with them? Uh, you know what, and, and then that led, so, and this is one of the advantages, I think of sometimes the big picture stuff, it can lead you into avenues of questions that you didn't have uh, otherwise. And so, you know, l- l- led into all this material that, and then I, you know, see your picture and say, okay. Hey, I we're, got, so, we're- in chemical realms. Greg got four dimensions, but there's really some close on un-
0: twelve levels. Both of us, peer tables has got twelve levels. So you just tweak a little bit, and like oh, you're coming from the that angle and coming from that. Wow, that really sinks. And then does that make us
1: think we're, there's, we're maybe onto something here?
0: I, I think there's an ontology, Tyler. we we'll we'll use the word that we you know began with, and uh, so let's pick this up. Uh, I, I know I, I really need to bring it to a close, folks. Will be, um, but I think it moved pretty fast. Um, thank you so much for all your work and. As somebody, a sojourner, you know, in these kinds of issues, it's a lot of effort, Tyler, you know, uh, and, and it's a lot of, uh, yeah. for me, it's been beautiful, but it's also a lot of effort. So I appreciate all that you did. The quirks and culture thing's a beautiful thing. I look forward to continuing our conversations on it.
1: Great, Greg. All right. Well, very good. We'll share this
0: and we'll yeah. circle back it and and see what other fruit this conversation may bear in future. Very good. All right. Thank you, friend.
1: You just want to stop time. the recording and then, uh, yeah, we'll just chat.